When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, okay, so we met through Mr. Alex Zek, and um, you are uh, quite—you have quite the detailed file on on COVID and um, and all that stuff. So, thought it would be interesting for us to have a conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, what what were you doing at the beginning of this whole thing? At the beginning of twenty twenty, <laughs> give me some background. How did it all start for you? Bro, what were we all doing? We were just rotting on the couch. Um, it, it started for me. Um, let's see. When all this began, me and my dad have always been aware of everything going on, especially the last five years where he started kind of going into the, the rabbit hole of um, societies and, you know, subliminal messages and, and stuff like that especially in hollywood like we, we would we wouldn't be able to watch um the grammys or certain movies or shows because we would be like oh my god look at the symbolism it's right there so yeah. that kind of got us more awoken to the fact that everything is controlled yeah. and as as um uh, jehovah's witnesses in the bible we we believe that satan is the ruler of the world so it kind of made sense for us that everything is under him so when this started we both were like no 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 but you know it's whatever we we were on a mask like everybody else did like you and me we probably were germ theorists before this we believed yeah. in all, yeah we believed in the germs we believe in all oh, masks will do something and then i never really things... believed in the mass to be honest no? with you, but, but i believed in germs <laughs> for sure yeah it made sense to me, like, okay, if I'm coughing, maybe it could stop a little bit. And it, yeah, like, sure. I mean, like, yeah, to yeah. an extent that, like, yeah, everything so small, very small. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, like, what, so, like, it, I, I guess I just meant, like, walking outside with it and, like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. you know what I mean? Like, that that, never made to sense. the extent that it is, has become, no way. Yeah. Exactly. So that never made sense to me. And then everything started coming out um, with the with the lab and the Fauci and the NIAID and the pandemic documentary. And everything just seemed fishy. And then, and then I was like, okay, everything's controlled. Let me go into this. And then I was, um, I was working as, I'm still a security guard, but I was working as a guard in a factory. And in the factory, there was nothing to do. So I would go on uh, podcasts and I, and I saw Alex X podcast. Yeah. And I saw Tom Cowan and I was, and I was like, oh, this thing's interesting. Let me just re um, hear it. And I kid you not, dude, I listened to the Tom Cowan episode eight or nine times that morning. <laughs> Just like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Are, are you talking about the famous like 5G video? Yeah. 
Okay. Well, that that and um, Alex Zek's personal interview on the way forward with Tom Cowan. Okay. Oh, so yeah. that was, that was kind of recent, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like maybe maybe a year ago. But okay. before that, I was uh, I was looking at Amanda Vollmer's stuff. I was looking at the Cowan stuff with the five G, and I started kind of delving into that a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Amanda Vollmer was the very first one that got me into it. Oh, when wow. she started saying um, the reason why they add adjuvants to vaccines is because the germs don't do anything. And I was like, oh, snap, that makes sense. And then Cowan started talking about the 5G. And then I got the, um, the Contagion Myth book. And then that it just all, all started clicking. And I was like, this, this is something that as a kid, I always felt, why would a loving creator make me filled with stuff that kills other people or kill me? That doesn't make any sense. And it just clicked. So ever yeah. since then, I uh, went to Seth Gerlach's page, who had a little doc- um, document talking about the facts of COVID and inconsistencies. And I was like, you know what? I could probably do this. But, I, but I'm obsessive. I'm super OCD. I love <laughs> random stuff. So I was like, let me just make a, a, a good uh, research document. And I started, and it never stopped. And I'm still going. And like, I think thousands of people at this point have downloaded it and asked me wow. personally for... Yeah, it's a lot. And I keep, I update it every so often, probably every two weeks to try to put more documents and articles. But now it's just, you know, now we're on that group chat and it's just, it's just like, it's awesome. That, that's awesome though. Like good for you. Cause my, like my method has just been like, <laughs> like my phone is a <laughs> battlefield. My Bro, computer oh. is a battlefield. Like, I mean, like everything is just everywhere. I mean, I can tend, I tend to be able to find it like because of my Telegram chat. I can do a search and find usually what I need pretty quickly. And I have highlights on Instagram and stuff, but it's just like everywhere. You know, like yeah. if I had put it in a nice, concise, you know, orderly uh-huh. file like you. It has to be tiring, bro. Because then you yeah. got the idiots that want to fight you and disprove you and they're mad disrespectful. And then you got the people yeah. who don't know anything. So yeah. it's like, oh my God, let me just send you a document. And that's it. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good to be organized for sure when you're doing battle. Yeah. <laughs> and we're both, we're both, Um, I mean, you're a Bostonian, but you know, it's, it's whatever, right? Because I'm a New Yorker and you live in New York. And it's yeah. like, we all, we saw this happen in front of our eyes and it yeah. didn't make any sense. We weren't seeing what the news was seeing, we're saying. It, it was just inconsistent. So, I mean, well, I was. Everywhere, yeah. I was, yeah, like I was awake to it before, you know, I had, I had done a lot of studying into 9-11 and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that all the, the science behind that didn't make sense to me. So I, I knew how the government worked and what, you know, what was at play already. So when, and, and I remembered, you know, the bird flu and the, the swine mm-hmm. flu and all these flu, Ebola and the kind of scaremongering that they, they tried to do. Um, so when this came along, I was just like, yeah, okay. It's going to be over in like a week, right? Like we, we all thought that. Yeah. I was like, all right, people are going to freak out about this for like a couple weeks and then it's going to be gone. And, you know, I mean, it did get kind of questionable when they were, when they were showing like, you know, freezer trucks and, and the bodies and stuff like that was new to me. That was new to me. So I was like, okay. Like, what is really going on here? Like, maybe, maybe I should be careful. I don't, you know, I didn't know what to think. But then I started looking into the, you know, why do they have freezer trucks? And like, oh, it's just an emergency, like, tactic that everybody has to do. And, 
it, there was a lot of theater behind everything I found yep. out. Um, so anyway, yeah, continue with your kind of how did you go from? Did, did, oh, did yeah. You... <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Well, would you say uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, are, are they very in tune to like what's happening in general or are they kind so, of sleeping? It's, it's, a, it's a nuanced perspective because we are taught to um, not buy into the, the governments too much because, I mean, at the end of the day, they are, they are put in place. The governments do good things. They, they can provide protection and, and law and, in, a, in a basic format. So we don't look to become antagonistic or protest or become politically affiliated in any way. Mm-hmm. which is why for me i try to i try to provide information kind of in the background i don't have a public page talking about it too much i don't go to a lot of movements or rallies because to me that's kind of little that kind of gets into the world of a little politis- politicized a little bit yeah so there are a lot of my friends and family who are joe's witnesses are aware of everything going on and there are there and there are some that aren't and as joe's witnesses we're a religious organization we're not a medical organization by any means so we're not going to go and say, oh, we're, we're, we're against vaccines or we're against the narrative because then that puts a, a target on us that we already have. Sure. You know, we don't, we don't do blood transfusions. We believe in the Bible and that by itself, we get, we get hate all the time for it. I've been, I've been spat on, I've been yelled at as a kid and I've been, I've been preaching my whole life and staying with my family. So there's no need to take a stance on something that, will cause even more harm to us. <laughs> sure. <yeah. laughs> but personally speaking, everyone has their own opinions. And as long as it doesn't cause division, it's okay. Because we're all, we're all humans at the end of the day. Um, well, that used to be the consensus here in America, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 But well, now I don't, I don't really know what's going on. You're not allowed to have your mm-hmm. own thoughts, opinions, your own religious beliefs. You're not allowed. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's scary. It's non-existent. It's scary. Right. It is scary. If you if you don't think the common narrative, you are a terrorist. You're you're this oh, yeah. or that. You're far right. You're far left. It's yeah. Everything has to have a label. What's yeah. what happened to ever having a conversation? True. Everything wow. has to has to fit in their kind of predetermined box. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And what really got and we can get into this on how for me everything clicked and what I started to research the chronological order of everything going on was event 201 that right there was like okay duh this was obvious and if and for people and, I, and i'm definitely going to send this to all my friends and family but for people who don't know what event 201 is you obviously know what it is yeah it was a a simulation of a deliberately released coronavirus pandemic that happened three months before everything started and it covered everything it covered vaccines it covered the mask mandates it covered misinformation it covered the toilet paper shortage it mm-hmm. covered everything the, they even talked about 5g and, and, we, <laughs> and i'm just i wow. watched the highlights which is on youtube it's like, like i don't i was very surprised it's still on youtube but they took right. off the comments so I'm, i mean whatever but you can find it on bitch Jude and other other places but it t- it literally tells you exactly what is happening now yeah and when when you uh, read documents about uh operation lockstep 
which was from the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds Foundation, talking about a pandemic and how to orderly move in lockstep towards creating a a new world system. Yeah, it's just it just is like obvious what they're doing. Right. It, it seems to me that they were they were slowly but surely moving to this with HIV, which which kind of followed the same mechanism. Yeah. 9-11 began the whole security state. Now COVID-19, resetting the economy, resetting social status based on vaccination. It's so obvious what's happening, and it's, it's sad most people don't see it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it was, uh, I mean, if you look back at HIV and, you know, a lot of the other diseases, they really follow the same playbook. You know, HIV was just this, this thing that they they made up and then it became this like amalgam of diseases um you know they just put everything under the sun together and they called it aids um you know and they gave they gave people like you know the drug for for hiv which ended up killing them azt which is a toxic repurposed uh cancer drug and yeah i mean i've talked about this um, in other episodes, but, um, yeah, I mean, it follows the same essential playbook and it just becomes this like huge thing. And that's what COVID is becoming now. You know, they, it's no longer pneumonia, it's COVID pneumonia. Um, you know, it's no longer heart (laughs) disease because of COVID, you know, and people, people, I don't understand how people can't see like you just do a simple even Google research. I don't I don't yeah. use Google anymore. I use DuckDuckGo because I find it to be a lot more yeah. trustworthy. Google is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Huge problem. Yeah, like it's very obvious that they try to block everything that goes against. I I got a new laptop that. recently and it it didn't have DuckDuckGo on it yet, and I tried to do a search and I was like, what the what? <laughs> like I I got so confused because yeah. I was used to finding like information exactly. like that. It, and I just found the weirdest stuff, mm-hmm. the weirdest yeah. stuff that was just like, okay, you know, so exactly. obviously like algorithms, you know, bumping exactly. things exactly. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like people look up cancer deaths in 2020, the record lows, look up flu cases and deaths, look up cold cases and deaths, heart disease. look up heart disease. Yeah. Why did COVID heal all of these diseases we've been plagued <laughs> for for hundreds of years. This is a godsend if it's really that case. Like, what in the world? Do you really think that this is a coincidence? Yeah. Oh, my God. And, it's and how, just like you said, with HIV, they made everything under the umbrella of AIDS, which was yeah. a very old disease. That yeah. Not disease, but it's more of symptoms that are represented from malnourishment or drug overuse, stuff like that, that cause immunosuppression. So they just made a very old symptomatology into a new disease. The same thing they're doing now. Colds, yeah. flus, those symptoms we all get twice a year. Now it's only one thing. Come on. Yeah, it just, it overtook everything. I mean, you know, cancer in heart disease obviously kill way more people every year, mm-hmm. every year before before COVID. And now it's just COVID. The 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 you know, the vi- supposed virus with a 99.90% survival <laughs> exactly. rate just overtook. And I have people challenging me on the survival rate too. It's I don't even know what the, what Google tells them, but it it's, uh-huh. makes up this complete ridiculous something. But yep. if you go on CDC website, right. And if you look at the fatality rates, like 0.02, mm-hmm. which ends up being 99.98%. Which ends uh, up being almost the same 
as, as the flu influenza. Right, right. So, I mean, <laughs> it really is just laziness and this like inability for people to um, want to believe that this is true. You know, they mm-hmm. want, they just, they can't, it's so uncomfortable for them and, and they, they can't let go of their ego a lot of times. So they just, they'll do anything just like cling on to the narrative that this is a real thing. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my neighbors are mad. Yeah, mad loud. But I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, it gets people uncomfortable. Inconvenient truths, really. It's, that's what it is. And people are just too blind and ignorant. And like you and me have, like we, we approach situations in a kind manner, trying to help and inform. And then people's cognitive dissonance comes into play and then they get disrespectful. And then they yeah. resort to ad hominem and then they right. say, you don't have any credentials. And then this and that, and they start <laughs> cursing at you and talking about your family and attacking you and saying, I have your IP address. And it's like, okay, enough. <laughs> I block you. Just because I block you doesn't mean I can't destroy you. It means I don't want to have to deal with your idiocy. Yeah. But, but what I want to, I, I told you I, I worked on it before when we were, when I was uh, texting you, I want to go through how everything started yeah because if people are able to see step by step how this happened maybe they can see it more clearly yeah i really want to do that because the 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 main question i still get to this day is like you know why are people sick why are people dying Mm -hmm. like you know the whole hospital facade is like the big Mm -hmm. thing that people don't get and it's happening now again with the delta variant it is and all, right. and all the, the the doctors fake crying and you know they're trying to attack the children now saying the children are getting sick yeah because they want the children to get the vaccine yeah uh, so, so i want i want to do that and then and then you said you wanted to talk about the hospitals and stuff which in new york it was very obvious what was happening but this is something that um alec posted on his page yeah that i that i wrote but i added some things to it because i learned a little more from lanka because he provided some context. Dr. Stefan so, Laka, yeah. Yeah, Stefan Laka is awesome. He's a, I'm going to say this. All right. So on the 28th of December, 2019, there were seven people who were believed to have had SARS. All of them were instructed to wear a mask and were in the same hospital. Seven other neighboring doctors were then informed of this presumed SARS pand- or epidemic on WhatsApp. One of those doctors put that report on the internet. And that's when you and I and the rest of the world started hearing about this because of a WhatsApp chat. I don't know why he would report it, but it kind of goes with how everything they wanted to go down. Mm-hmm. The Chinese population freaked out because China seems to have a lot of these supposed outbreaks. You have a lot, you have billions of people, you have a lot of pollution. It makes sense that these little pockets of sicknesses are going to pop up. And in no way, when I say this, is this meant to attack Chinese people in any way. Because we know what happened in this year when they were attacking Chinese people. I yeah. grew up in Flushing, Queens, which is which is literally like the Chinatown of the city. Yeah. Love these people. Love them. Like, so this is no in no way targeting them at all. But this is exactly what happened. The Chinese population freaked out because they were afraid that the SARS epidemic was starting. So in China, usually, and I have uh, a friend in China that actually... Um, just lives over there and hospital care is very costly. They don't really go to the doctor all that much, but in an epidemic pandemic status, anyone is able to go to the hospital for treatment and anyone is able to go for testing. 
So since this was labeled an epidemic, everyone freaked out and started going into the hospitals. In, 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 uh, in China, you have, again, a lot of pollution. You have a lot of pneumonia. You have a lot of measles. So all these people with all these different symptoms are going into the hospitals or overrunning the hospitals because they're scared they might have SARS. So on December 31st, a task force was sent from Beijing to Wuhan to investigate. And at the end of January 20th, they had 49, sometimes, I think some people say 40, but I saw 49 people who had lung pneumonia with an unknown origin. They were labeled suspected cases. And this was this is the crazy part for me. China was able to get all their family members and friends and medical personnel that had had contact with those 49 people and isolate all of them. How were they able to do that in a security state? Taking pictures, your, your license, your address, everything. They were able to do that for every single person and this numbered thousands of people. Of these thousands of people that were in contact with the 49 people they say had the atypical pneumonia, guess how many got sick? How many? Zero. None of them were sick. <laughs> Zero. So that kind of is okay. I can already hear the people making the excuses, but we'll keep going. So nobody was sick. One of, this, of these people... If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Samples. So a lung fluid sample yeah. of the 49 people. And this will, get, this will get into the virus isolation and everything. Yeah. They take the lung fluid sample of one person. They send it to Dr. Zhang, who's a very famous virologist in China. He and his team develop sequences to find this virus and a viral genome, which is the entire structure of a virus, in 40 hours. So it took them less than two days to find this new virus from this one new person. And this was announced on January 7th. This wasn't public. They had announced the sequences and the genome on January 10th to only the virology community. No one on the outside world knew but the virologists. The Chinese team then used his model to test the 49 people with the atypical pneumonia. So here comes the fraud. Corman Drosten, the, uh, I, think he's a, I think he's German, or, or he could be something else. Um, he starts, to, he hears about this, and he starts to develop a test for the virus. He announces that he developed three separate PCR tests before China had even published 
what they had found. Yeah, he just happened to. He just happened to have all this, all this right there, like yeah. so quick. He heard about it. Oh man, he's a genius. He's trying to help the world. He finds these three texts. He develops them, and in and I'm and, I, and, I, and I'm sure you you read it in his paper. He says this test was developed without any viral samples, without mm-hmm. any isolate, and without any clinical sample. Right. So he developed a recipe card for a recipe that's never been made before. And then he sends these tests out. He only sends one of those three because he waited until China had announced the sequences. And then he sent out the one that was you know, the most closely resembling the sequence that China had published. So he, he, he's very, he's very it's, it's evil, but it's smart. He sent it to places that he knew um, people in Wuhan would travel to. So. Thailand, Taiwan, Beijing, South China, all Japan, all these neighboring places, provinces, nations. He was sending them there while Wuhan was doing its own thing. And then the test gets to Wuhan and all these places. And then on January 21st, the WHO announces this test to be the use of the diagnosis. What, what is interesting, what Dr. Kaufman, Andrew Kaufman, if you, people don't know him, he's one of the principal dudes running this whole um, awakening of the virology fraud and everything. Yeah. He showed that the sequences that China had and the sequences that Drosten published were only 80% similar, which is less similar than what humans are to house cats in terms of genome makeup. So it really wasn't similar at all. But did they care? No, they didn't. (laughs) So this dude, an eye doctor, um, traveled to Wuhan and told the people of China and the Chinese government that they were lying. This virus is very contagious. This virus is very deadly. Now, why does he say that? Because the Corman-Drosten test was sent to his province. So he was finding these sequences in the people in the province. Mm-hmm. Now, let's just go back. How can you get a sequence of an atypical pneumonia patient in 40 hours and say that is the only sequence that needs to be found when you don't have any clinical, any real isolated clinical sample. And we'll get to how they do that. And then how can Corman use a test for something he never had and he never saw? It doesn't make any sense. So he starts seeing these positives and all these neighboring places start seeing positives because the PCR is testing for sequences that show up in us. So if you amplify it enough, you will see everyone test positive for this sequence. So it gave the impression that China had a new virus. Now everybody starts getting scared. Now the lockdowns start. Now people start getting sick. And now it's a pandemic. So he starts this whole thing. The, the, the Chinese government then sees this. And I don't know if you remember, it was on the alternative news sites, but it was an eye doctor who was labeled as like a political hero and a whistleblower and how so many people are dying. So yeah. many people are getting, are testing positive. And what was China's response? Lockdown. Right. They, they, they were like, what is this? We can't have this happen. Let's lock down. They locked down and then people started going nuts because isolation isn't healthy. It's not natural. People started committing suicide. People mm. kept running into the hospitals. People kept testing positive. And China was like, Oh, well, you know, 
you know, some they found that some most people, if not all people, who were um, subjected to the 49 people with pneumonia didn't get sick. So what did the what did the Chinese say? Oh, that, yeah, but that means you can be asymptomatic. That means that symptoms can develop later on because there was no evidence that you can develop symptoms. And so, so it's like, what in the world? And then I think I believe the eye doctor ended up dying. Um, yeah, did they did they kill him or he disappeared or something? Yeah, supposedly they say he died of COVID nineteen. Right. Supposedly. Yeah. I I, I I highly doubt that. Right. Just like Jeffrey Epstein totally killed himself. Yeah. You know? Like this like so that so that's what happens. Yep. So to talk about the PCR. The PCR was made, like we said, without a clinical sample, without an isolate, and it was developed from an in silico genetic sequence, which literally means only existing on a computer theoretical model right theoretical model yeah and it's on their papers too you can't find it any in any organism you can't find it in anyone's blood anyone's lung fluid anyone's semen anyone's spit nothing you can't it's only in a computer so that's what the test was made out of and i learned this from cowan and kaufman with any medical test it must be validated with a gold standard right which yeah which means you need to make sure how negative or sorry not how uh, negative how false positive it is and how false negative it is to see how accurate it is so you need to compare it to something that is 100 percent accurate right and it it's kind of like test it was never done that. exactly never done. it's kind of like testing to see uh if your wife is pregnant and what's the gold standard if a baby comes out in nine months that's how you compare it that's uh-huh. what kaufman said and that, so that's what a gold standard would be Okay. They didn't bother doing that at all. They didn't test it with anything because how can you test something that doesn't exist or that you never saw? So they just kind of threw out this test out of nothing. Mm-hmm. So they used the SARS sequence from 2003, which was never isolated or purified. They say it was, but it never was. And then they they kind of do their whole primer sequencing thing, which is just all a bunch of virology hooey that is just a lot of nomenclature that no one is going to understand. But they just took a bunch of these these sequences and they added them into other sequences and this is what they got. Yeah. The thing is, a PCR test, and I'm sure you know this as well, and everyone that actually has been following, is not a diagnostic tool. Right. Yeah, Carrie Mullis, who was the developer of the test, said... It is a manufacturing tool. You can make anyone test positive with anything, with PCR, because it simply tests for genetic material. An RT-PCR takes RNA and then changes it into DNA. So an amplification is what a PCR does, is simply doubling your genetic material. So it gets, you have one penny. Yeah, it just keeps going. You have one penny, then you have two pennies, then you have four, then you have eight. So each one of those is a cycle. Anything above 25 cycles to get some positive is automatically very suspect. Anything above 30 is a false positive, regardless of what it is. Because I've, I've heard 20, I've heard 25. I've heard, um, exactly, I've heard 20, 25. It's yeah. around that range. Right. And what was the WHO and CDC using as a cycle threshold? 40, 50. 40. Yeah. 50, yeah. 55. I even saw 60 in some um, counties in America. Yeah. They were over amplifying these genetic sequences because they wanted people to test positive. Yeah. 
which is why why we why we see all these diseases magically disappear and everything is COVID. So in this test, uh, a blast study was done, which means a study that studies the sequences on the test. So if it's a real virus, if these sequences show up in this new virus, they shouldn't appear anywhere else. It doesn't that make sense? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a new virus. Why would it show up in my pie? Why would it show up on a light bulb? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And that, that's part of Koch's postulates, isn't it? It's part of Koch's postulates, yeah. which was a Koch, uh, Robert Koch was the guy who made the rules yeah. to show causation with infectious diseases and germs. Yeah. And guess what? His rules have never been fulfilled. So they had to redo them with uh, Rivers, who also failed. So right. these rules have never um, proved to be valid in any way. But so, so the main, just to recap a little bit, the main, yeah. the main point is that they never took uh, anything and isolated it all by itself and proved by putting it into a animal or a person that it could make that person sick. They just, they never had a clinical sample. They never did any of that. They just kind of fabricated, they just kind of fabricated it, right? Yeah, um, yeah, essentially. <laughs> and the, the BLAST study, which when they took these sequences that they say, oh, this is SARS-CoV-2 sequences. This is the, the genomic structure. These scientists did put the sequences into a BLAST study and saw that 93 of those sequences show up in the human genome 93 times. Yeah. And then the human genome eight or something. Yes. Genome exactly. eight, right. Yeah. So it, those sequences show up in us 93 times. And then 91 times in bacteria and fungi, naturally. Yeah. So this is not novel at all. You're testing for something that appears in our bodies naturally. Now, can if you're sick, can these sequences be more prevalent? Or can if you being a woman or a man doesn't mean that you have more of these sequences? If you have less oxygen while wearing a mask, do you make more of these sequences? Possibly which makes sense because some people may test negative or positive. But if you never had an isolate and these sequences show up in the human genome, this is all null and void right. with no gold standard. It's all complete crap. And the, when you hear people say, oh, the PCR is way too many false positives. Oh, it's way too many false negatives. Look at the cases here. That, that's all gone because you can't use this as a right. test. And the funny thing is you could you could tell, you know, because at one point they switched from deaths, right? There were the 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 only period of short like short-term deaths like in the hospitals like March, April, right? Um they switched from deaths to cases after that. Yeah. Cuz they ran out of like the the initial like rush and influx of bodies from like killing people get mm -hmm. into that and killing people in the yep. hospital with ventilators or whatever, all the people that rush yep. to the hospitals with like anything anxiety what have you when they were thrown on a ventilator so after that it became this case demic yep. you know it, it, that's exactly it. yeah because it was all false positives yep. um and in the in the midst of everything going on you were able and i showed this on the chat but I, this was a big thing you were able to put any any number on google and then put cases yeah, and then you would, and then you would see, if you put four thousand three hundred forty-six, that's a random number I just thought of, and then put cases, you would see that number, and new coronavirus cases. I remember it was doing that. So it was sinister. It was like, what in the world is going on? Doesn't it still work? 
It still, still works. Yeah. It still works. Yeah. And then and then you started seeing the 33 here, the 33 there, all 33 new cases. Mm. The, the first man in, who to test positive twice was 33 years old. If anyone knows what 33 is, it's basically the number of Masons and all that. I'm not going to get into that too deeply, but <laughs> that's what it was. So more I was like, the conspiratorial okay. realm. <laughs> it's more conspiratorial realm. Yeah. So, and I, and when people hear this, I'm very positive it's going to be people that say, but there was, there's a genetic sequence of the virus. You can't say that it wasn't isolated because it's a whole model. Well, how did they get the model? From one person, okay. which is automatically... The stupidest thing I've ever seen, because if it's a real virus that's plaguing humanity, you want at least like 100 people to make sure that's correct. Sure. You took it from one dude's lung fluid. So <laughs> this, it's like, what? So I, I got this information from COVID myths one, which put it so eloquently and easy to understand. Yeah, that's they Dr. Andrew Kaufman's uh, website. Kaufman and Cal. Yeah. 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 Which is awesome. Like, how long, how many times have you watched it? I've watched it like three times. Yeah, times exactly. So. I have. Yeah. It's just it's 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 like a Bible for all this stuff. Absolutely. So they took this dude's fluid from his lung, which had a lot of stuff in it, as it's you they say all oh, the virus must be in there without ever seeing anything, because mm -hmm. virus you can't see virus in any blood or bodily fluid, which mm -hmm. is automatically the same. I mean, what you can't see it? They won't tell you that, but that's how it is. So they take his fluid, they take out these little RNA strands. They, they purposely don't get the medium-sized ones or the long ones. They purposely only pick the short RNA strands from his lung fluid. And then they put it into a computer program. Two of the programs were named Trinity, and the other program was named MegaHit. These two programs developed something called context, which is basically like genome structures. Right. There were over 56 million RNA strands taken from this dude's lung fluid, which is amazing in itself because they only picked out small pieces. So it makes you realize how amazing the body is because we make so, so many little tiny pieces of genetic material. Sure. So 56 million right there. The Trinity computer came up with 1.3 million contigs. And then the mega hit computer came up with 384,000 contigs. So, and all of them were kind of in different ranges of size. And what they did was they just voted on the longest one, which makes no sense. I mean, by you purposely picking out the short RNA strands, that kind of shows me that you're purposely picking the longest one because you made it out of short strands of RNA. Yeah. So that's what they did out of 2 million possible contexts. So there's 2 million possible genomes of this very deadly virus plaguing humanity. And you just pick the longest one, which was 30,000 uh, base pairs long. You started adding little tiny SARS sequences to make it more look like a bat coronavirus. And then you publish it as the genome of the virus. <laughs> Where in the world did you see the virus in there in any sort of experiment? Like, you didn't see it. You just took this dude's spit <laughs> and then put it, it. This was not even a culture experiment either. Right. It and it sounded like it, the computer. it sounds like it just kind of mixed and matched and jumbled it all up like some kind of yeah. weird Willy Wonka machine. Exactly. And then it spit out a <laughs> genome, right? <laughs> it just spit it out. Like, yeah. And the thing is, they use computers. Computers are man-made machines. Computers are programmed. 
Are you saying computers can't make mistakes? Why can't humans do it? Because it's millions upon millions upon millions of pieces of material. It'll take hundreds of years and thousands of humans to do this accurately. So the computer just, just does it. And they publish it as a genome. And then now you're seeing all these variants pop up. What is a variant? A variant is simply that same experiment, but with a different result. There's over 40,000 variants published right now. <laughs> but the reason why they have, you know, Delta and I forget the, they're like Greek alphabets because Delta, if you, beta, gamma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And oh my, it's like ridiculous. And they, the reason why they have these set up is because if you repeat the experiment enough times, you're going to get some that are really similar and you're going to get some that don't look anything alike. Yeah. So Delta was the one that they got the most of. And there, there is no repetition because every human is different. So if it's 0.001% different or 85% different, it's just going to be different variants. So that's what a Delta variant is. And there's no test for a Delta variant either. Yeah, where is the test for the Delta variant? There is that's no test. They, they say, um, oh, yeah, we, we take their PCR sample and we bring it to a genetic sequencing <laughs> and they do that and they say, oh, it's Delta. Are you telling me my ghetto urgent care on Broadway is sending that sample to, to the CDC. <laughs> I to bet you if we call them, they wouldn't, they, <laughs> they wouldn't know what know the what hell. They're not going to know what you're talking about. No. You know how, yeah. how much I want to like go when I'm going to work and I see the vaccine buses and I just want to oh. go in there and, be, and just like ask him, do you guys know what's in this thing? Oh, I harassed them. The pop-up testing. <laughs> the the, the pop-up testing. Oh, yeah. Do you know what a PCR is? Uh, uh, they have no idea. They have I, no idea. They had the vaccine tent set up in my neighborhood, and I'm like, "Dude, what's the absolute risk reduction of this uh, <laughs> of this injection?" And they just look at me like, "Huh?" Like they've never even heard that terminology in their life. They're just exactly. like they just pay these people whatever to stand there and you know jab, you know these <laughs> these citizens. It's just a bunch of high school kids too giving out pamphlets. Yeah, about the vaccine, and I'm like, "What? Do you know what this is?" And I know you talked about this. Um, in Alex's podcast, which was awesome. I listened to it again at work because doing security is like you put one in and you just walk around. Um, but like, what would you say like the difference in like relative risk reduction and absolute risk reduction is? Oh God, I'm the, so I'm the worst person to ask. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to keep talking. So I want, I want to like, let me see you talk. Well, about. I, I would suggest people go to episode one of this podcast yeah. And listen to Alex's explanation because he he has a much better. I, I failed math. It was the only subject that was terrible. Oh, math at. is horrible, bro. Um, but essentially, I can tell I can tell people that it um, it is a marketing ploy, a statistical manipulation to make it look like it is more effective than it is. Because when you look at the absolute risk reduction, it's um you know it's a lot lower. I think it's like zero point seven percent to 1.1 percent respectively for Pfizer and Moderna um yeah and you know I can't I I can't possibly tell you the math because my brain just doesn't work with that you mind stuff. if I, I do it real quick yo please yeah please oh, perfect. <laughs> I, I mean this is my chance I've been waiting so long to just, <laughs> to just oh no rant. god please don't make don't put this on me <laughs> <laughs> okay because uh, I, I actually did this with my aunt and my cousin who are beautiful smart people and they were in our house and we were just talking about it. 
and I got like a, I got the chalkboard and I just started writing all the, the math and, and I was like, see, it's like that meme with the guy with the, with the, with the lines and he's like going crazy. Like that's how I felt. So basically if you guys made a drug that prevented heart attacks, what you can call it, whatever you can call it like pro heart or whatever. And in the first group that took the drug, um, you had 10 people. And in the placebo, the people who got the water, which is what a placebo really should be, it shouldn't be a harmful substance, which is what the vaccine um, trials do. It should be saline water, something that doesn't hurt you at all. So you give 10 people water and you give 10 people your heart attack drug. At the end of the year, you see that two out of the 10 people in the placebo group got a heart attack. And then one out of the 10 people in the drug group got a heart attack. So what is the actual benefit of your drug? It'll be 10% because one out of 10, two out of 10, that's 10% and 20%. 20 minus 10 is 10%. So mm -hmm. that's the actual benefit. But if the drug has side effects of like, you will have voices in your head, you would want to kill your dog, you will have <laughs> heart inflammation. Are you going to take it? No. Why? Because it's 10%. So it's only 10% accurate in helping you. What if that means it's working? If you kill your dog, maybe it means <laughs> exactly. it's working. <laughs> oh, I can't. I can't with that. Having rat, they're seizing. They're like it, it means it's working. <laughs> so the dog's dead, but it's working. <laughs> but that's what guys. That's what absolute risk reduction is. It's that's the actual number. But this drug that you made was the only drug that was on the market to make the CDC and the World Health Organization money. So what do they do? They send their scientists out to restudy. And they say, okay, so two of the three people that had a heart attack didn't take the drug. Only one of the people that, uh, only the one person that had the heart attack was on the drug. So what we're gonna do, two out of three not on the drug is 33%, or sorry, 66%. One out of three is 33%. So 66 minus 33 is 33%. So we're going to say the heart attack drug stops you from getting heart attack at a rate of 33%. When in actuality, it only reduced your risk by 10%. So that is what risk reduction is, as opposed to absolute reduction. Mm -hmm. And Cowan said the reason why they don't post absolute risk reduction excuse me the salt is making me because it would make him look bad it'll make him look horrible it'll make <laughs> him look horrible so what was the risk reduction of the vaccine and what was the absolute risk reduction of those who didn't take the vaccine sorry i made a mix it up but you get the point uh you had what was it in the pfizer trials forty-four thousand participants were used 22,000 in the placebo group and 22,000 in the vaccine group. 162 people in the placebo group got COVID, which means a PCR positive, which we just established means absolutely nothing. And in the trials, Lanka showed their, their control for the placebo is giving the nanoparticle vaccine without the mRNA. So they're receiving toxic stuff in their body as a placebo. 
the vaccine group, only eight of them got COVID. So what 162 and eight, 162 out of 22,000 is 0 0.74. Eight out of 22,000 is 0 0.04. So 0 0.74 minus 0 0.04 is 0 0.7. So the vaccine only reduced your risk of COVID in the Pfizer trials by 0.7%. But they do their whole risk reduction math. And I, I'm pretty sure I have it. Do I have it here? Yes, I do. In the in the uh, Moderna trials, 30,000 participants were used instead of 44,000. 15,000 in the placebo, 15,000 in the vaccine. 95 people in the placebo got COVID and five on the vaccine got COVID. So the actual risk reduction is 0 0.6, but 95 minus five, like it's just, they, they advertise 94.7% efficacy or 95.1% efficacy because they do the risk reduction math. When in actuality, it only benefits you 0.6% of the time and 0.7% of the time. And what they did do, which is also fraudulent, they waited to test the vaccinated individuals after two weeks after the second dose. Yeah. Most people are sick for like a week. No one's really that sick for two weeks, one. And two, if you're waiting after the second dose, two weeks after, you're automatically making it a lot less likely to get a positive case. Hmm. And then when you look at the actual studies of the vaccine, you saw the people who took the vaccine were all sick. <laughs> the people who died were in the vaccine group. Hmm. They don't they don't publish that. Yeah. They just say, oh, 162 in the placebo and only eight on the on the vaccine. It reduces your risk. Oh yeah, but when I inject it, I'm gonna get sick, I'm gonna have hives, my heart's gonna be inflamed, I'm gonna have seizures, I'm gonna I might develop cancer, and I'm gonna get the same symptoms, but not call it COVID because it can't be COVID if I have pneumonia and a lot of things and smell and I can't breathe correctly. It's not COVID because I got the vaccine. It's it's flu. It's the cold, it's pneumonia, it's something else. It has to be. Yeah. So and it's just it's mind-boggling how people can't see this. And I'm gonna stop rambling about the math because it's boring, but that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> yeah, the math I mean, yeah, the math is hard for a lot of people to understand, but yeah, I mean essentially it is it's just a marketing it's a marketing, it's a marketing technique. Technique. Yeah. Big pharma rules the world. It does. Yeah, but and people don't bother to look into this stuff from the you know from the PCR test to the to the relative and absolute risk. They just don't. I mean, even with the PCR test, they put everything out there for people to read. They even admitted, you know, um, I think it was about when Joe Biden got in mm -hmm. that they find that they first admitted it and they were like hey uh we've been cycling this a bit too high we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pull this back a little bit real quick um and they put it out i think it was the fda put it out i think the who yep. actually said something about it and um you know then they just kind of buried it or you know and, and then nobody... like what, a couple of weeks ago with the with the um the new test coming out at the end of the year Right. They say, oh, yeah. So the PCR, by the way, can't tell the difference between COVID and the flu. <clears throat> they anyway, just admitted that they uh, can't tell they the difference. They just said it. They yeah. said it. <laughs> and I was like, what? Why is this not in the news? No, nobody, bat, nobody bats an eye. No. It's, it's, it's gaslighting, dude, on an, on like a, on on an epic scale. 
Yeah. It's and the fact that now the unvaccinated are tested with a higher threshold at like 45 and 50 and the vaccinated are only tested with 25 or less. Are they so, really, I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's all I have all the all the the, the articles on my uh, document. But they did that. So to count breakthrough cases, we're going to be testing the vaccinated at a 25 threshold. What? Why were you testing with 55 and 60 a couple months before? That's because cool. now you can make the vaccine seem like it's working. Yeah, of course. And then blame the unvaccinated for all the cases. But it's backfiring so hard in their face. Yeah. And Israel... simultaneously, they're, <laughs> they're telling people that that it doesn't do anything because of the va- because of the variant and they're all and you also have Fauci on TV telling people that they <laughs> exactly. found the same amount of viral load in your we pharynx found the same amount of viral load <laughs> yeah. so between vaccinated and unvaccinated <laughs> yeah it's, he said it didn't matter they had the same exactly the same load and Israel the most vaccinated country in the world is about to go on lockdown again because two thirds of the hospitalizations are those who are vaccinated. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting yeah. that you guys can go on our world in data, which is a government source, which is a great website to go to. You go to the vaccine vaccinated countries that had mass vaccination campaigns. And each time a mass vaccination started, what did you see like a couple days or weeks after? An immense surge in death and cases. Thailand was like, like at zero throughout the whole time. The second they started vaccinating, and it's on the government website. Just go look, people. Like yeah. India. India didn't have a COVID surge. They had mass vaccination. That's what happened. And, you know, people get sick. People get sick all the time. But if you're using the PCR as your test, everyone's going to be labeled as COVID. It really and is that like kind of goes into what you gun. said. It's a smoking gun. And what you yeah. said about what happened in hospitals. Yeah, but people are getting sick. But this and that. But my grandmother, you know, who was on, who was demented, who had cancer, who was in hospice for five <laughs> years, she died of COVID. What you had, and you had the who was it? The the um health um department head of Chicago, I think it was, who was on TV <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic, who said, "Oh, listen, we have," uh, and even Deborah Burks, they were both saying, "Like, listen, yeah. we have a very liberal approach to mortality." <laughs> Okay, we're so she literally said, if you're in hospice, you've already been given like six weeks to live or whatever it is, and you die with COVID, meaning we tested you with the fraudulent test, then you're a COVID case, you're a COVID death. (laughs) So how many people were already in the United States or everywhere else, you know, with with existing issues or terminal or what have you? Who are dying? I mean, the, you know, COVID didn't start deaths, you know, <laughs> in the in the world. It, it just it accompanied your death because they wanted to project the fear. Yeah, that's what they and did. There, there were people who were committing suicide. Yeah, that were being labeled as COVID. Like a, a, guy, a guy shot himself in the head. I, I think I have the the story on my thing, and they yeah. call it COVID. My I friend, had a bunch of stories like that, dude. I had it was I was ridiculous. looking up car crashes, motorcycle mm-hmm. wrecks, yeah. like people falling off of ladders, and they call it. Yeah, I read that one. That was my friend who whose father is actually a I think a virologist or whatever. It's just funny. His friend died in a motorcycle accident, and mm-hmm. they called it COVID. And he was pissed off. I mean, I would be too, but it's absolutely ridiculous. 
Yeah. And what were people what were people getting sick from in the hospitals? Well, <laughs> if we really if we really want to get into it, um, we're not saying. And what I what I like to say to people that call us, oh, you're you're a denier, blah blah. blah. We're not denying, and I don't know if you are, I don't think you are, we're not denying some people got sick with something new. Sure, there, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there were people that I've talked to personally that say, yeah, I, it was, I didn't have any like flu symptoms or anything, but I had a weird sensation in my nose and mouth where everything tasted burnt for a couple of days, mm. or I couldn't taste anything. Or it, some people say, oh, it, was, it just had, I had flu symptoms. Some people say I didn't have anything. The problem is the CDC and the WHO never did case biopsy, which means they never got people with this disease and showed a commonality in their symptoms. They just labeled everything the umbrella of COVID. Yeah. And everything started being called COVID. Meanwhile, anosmia, which is what the taste and smell stuff is, is it's suffered by one in five Americans every year. It's a common it's not, symptom it's of even allergies. Symptom. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have horrible seasonal allergies and I want to die every time. I can't taste or smell anything, but it's, mm. it's for a little bit and it's like whatever. But for some people who experienced like in, in the contagion myth book where people were becoming hypoxic, where, yeah. you know, people literally couldn't breathe. It's not like their the oxygen wasn't the issue. Their lungs couldn't take a breath. The blood was was completely jacked up. Yeah. What was causing that? And yeah. the epidemiology, which is simply the the science behind causation or developing hypothesis, showed that in every place that instituted millimeter waves, a new technology, like known as five G. Well, which it was is, used, it's been used by the military. It's been for used a while. for military for a lot yeah. with wet in weapons. Yeah, crowd dispersal. <laughs> Crowd dispersal. Exactly. And it can literally, if you get this stuff aimed at you, you feel like your body is on fire. Yes. It's millimeter exactly. waves. Exactly. And where was the first place that instituted 5G technology? Wuhan. Wuhan. China. Yeah. Could people have gotten an atypical pneumonia from this new technology? Absolutely. Rachel Ward in our uh, chat said they instituted a shingrit vaccine for those who had a, for shingles that targeted the 50 year old an older population, and that causes respiratory failure. <laughs> so could it be that on top of the pollution, on top of the 5G, on top of the new vaccine, people got sick? Yeah. That's a thought, you know? New York City, biggest city in the world, love the city to death. Every corner I see a tower. Every All the antennas, all the towers are right there mm. in the communities that aren't necessarily the best. So you had places in the South Bronx, places in South Brooklyn, in Queens, not the, not the, I don't want to say the ghettos, but poorer communities yeah. that saw people get sick, that naturally poorer communities don't have the best food, don't have the best environment. You institute something new into the environment. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. People are going to get sick. And if you're putting people on a ventilator, which right. is a device that puts pressure on your lungs, and the issue isn't that your lungs aren't working. It it's that you can't, yeah. you can't accept oxygen. So you're putting pressure on something, expanding it, and they die, and you call it COVID. 
Not to mention, there is the barotrauma where they're expanding the membrane of your, you know, they just keep expanding the membrane of your lungs until to the point where it's just like so expanded that you, you die because what are you going to do after that? Like your lungs are just blown out, right? But also nope. you cannot be on a ventilator without sedatives. And what sedatives were they giving people? Um, fentanyl, which is, yep. you know, a major component of like the heroin that's circulating in the in the country um <laughs> it's, like, it's so funny to hear because it's so crazy yeah you're giving people a part of heroin to sedate them to help them with the disease it's yeah insane. fentanyl is serious stuff i mean and, and those are just you know some of them I, I mean there were so many if you watch them um if you watch the documentary with uh, nurse erin oshensky mm-hmm. um perspectives on the pandemic she that was really an eye-opening documentary for me because she details like all the crazy protocols that they were doing in hospitals the all the drugs and drips that they had people on i mean and they were turning them up you know they were they're turning them up like like crazy one sec my battery's gonna die um they were turning them (laughs) up like um like crazy and they were also you know the settings on the ventilators too you know um and they would you know one nurse would leave uh one setting on and then she would leave her shift and then the you know the next one would come in and turn it full blast or whatever setting they felt like so a lot of those people just ended up in in body bags unfortunately it's, it's so it's it's so sad um and we we can't uh, talk, not talk about the elephant in the room, the monetary incentive they were given for using ventilators right. and for getting COVID positives and for having COVID deaths. I think it was like 15000 for each or 30000 for a COVID death. So they were making insurance money by killing people, by giving them the wrong treatment, by putting them on something that was killing them. If your right. blood can't and what contagion myth talks about the blood was being separated from the hemoglobin and the iron was free roaming. So it became very toxic. And that's why sometimes some of these medicines that help with inflammatories or anti-inflammatories or, or blood were, were working very perfectly. Why the heck would you give them more toxic drugs and put them on a ventilator? They knew this was happening. They, they, it's not like these doctors didn't see what, these people were struggling with. Well, they were given instructions. Here's the thing, though, too. A lot of them were brand new residents. They weren't even yes, like yes, real yes, doctors. Yes. They were still in training. Yeah. You know, some yeah. of the nurses knew more than than the resident doctors because they they just put all these like really green people in the hospitals, and they didn't know mm-hmm. what the hell they were doing. Yeah. You know, so, and they at the same time implemented all these new protocols for COVID. So they thought it was normal. They thought it was normal to put everybody with like anxiety on a ventilator and, you know, everybody with anything. And, and you know, by the way, you get like $40,000 or something for doing this. Yeah. And, you know, you check a little box that says COVID and your, your hospital, which is already struggling for money because they did away with like, you know, um, all the, uh, the regular things that they were doing, you know, yeah. um, procedures and whatnot that weren't ne- ne- deemed necessary. So they were they were starving for money and that was an easy way to do it. Exactly. So and and some hospitals too, we're talking about the hospitals that were overrun and were yeah. doing the wrong treatment. There were other hospitals that were completely empty. Oh empty. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And most hospitals, like I was living in um in uh, the city of Newburgh at the time during this entire thing, because my parents moved upstate when I was 15. Mm. Um, and I came back when I was married here. Um, but there's the city of Newburgh, it's a nice area. There are some ghettos or whatever, but they were on the news. You would say, oh, Orange County has so many cases, blah, blah, blah. I lived a block away from the hospital. It was empty. My friends that were, uh, that's a paramedic upstate. He wasn't seeing anything new other than a couple of drug overdoses here and there. It was yeah. quiet. Nurses were getting furloughed. Nurses were getting fired. Doctors that were speaking yeah. out were getting their license revoked. Like you can find this stuff. Yeah. People were being gaslit, fired, told that they're they're killing their grandmas about for saying this information. Yeah. And it's like it's it's yeah, I don't even have I, words. I, I lived very <laughs> close to a hospital, maybe a couple blocks away, and I, I can't I mean the entire pandemic i passed this hospital and i saw these nurses and doctors outside twiddling their thumbs or inside just like completely bored out of their minds Mm -hmm. they were doing nothing the hospital was empty you know i think they 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 kind of um they pushed all these patients like out of the nursing homes or whatever and put them into certain hospitals you know to make it look like there was this like Elmhurst was a big one, right? Yeah, yeah, um, that was a big one. To make it look like there was this catastrophe happening, you know? Yeah, they were using footage from an Italian hospital. Yeah. And putting it on the that. news saying, New York hospital, like what? <laughs> we just yeah. saw this video a couple of days ago in Italy and now using it for a New York hospital. Oh, it was in like four different places all over the world. Yeah, a bunch of different it. places. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know it's happening now. And then at the end of 2020, anyone with a brain, Go and look up the mortality rate of 2020. Yeah. It's on average as every other year. There are other years that happened, like I think 2014 or 15, had higher mortality rates than 2020. Hospitalizations were on average. Now, there was a tiny spike in mortality and hospitalizations during the, the June, July area. That's when yeah. they were having ventilators and drugs and all that stuff, killing people. But overall... Wasn't that March, April, though? Yeah, yeah, sorry, March, April, yeah, that, March, that April, time, right? Yeah, where it was the biggest it's ever been. That was because then it switched to cases after that. Then it switched after to they cases. They were done with getting those deaths, yeah, right? Exactly. And again, those were people who were just seeing this fear being promulgated mm-hmm. on on mainstream media. So they're like, you know, if they have some anxiety, they went they went to the hospital just you know to get maybe they thought they needed to get tested or, you know, cause everybody was just worried, right. About yeah. getting this thing. So they say, yeah. you know, we can help you breathe and they throw them on a ventilator and they were killing like 37 year olds. And I mean, God knows yes, young people. And yeah. the, there's studies on my paper as well under the treatment section, you will find the mortality rate of ventilators for those who were being treated for COVID. Yeah. Not even 90%. New York times. 90% Sorry, even New York times. Yeah. 97. I saw I saw ninety in multiple studies. Okay. New York Times, put, I think, a little lower, but regardless. Well, New York Times put out a story that said uh, nine out of ten people die on ventilators. Yeah, there you go. So ninety percent. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, what? When does it click that you're killing these people? And they're still using them now, and they're using them on children. I mean, I just posted tonight like some stupid tweet from some yeah. ignorant doctor about a four-year-old on a ventilator. I mean, why are you and putting then a that, four-year-old? Didn't she say that he wore two masks? 
Yeah, and they, like, that's another yeah. thing. Is like people are like, oh, well, I got sick and it felt really different. And like, oh, were you were you starving your body of oxygen maybe for of like oxygen? months at a time? Exactly. Were you <laughs> recycling CO two, which is a gas that makes that our body creates to be expelled? Yeah, and you were breathing a, it in. Right. You're you're huffing your pulmonary waste twenty four hours a day or whatever. Exactly. Long. And the bacteria that are trying to help you yeah. are being sequestered in the mask, and they're anaerobic, so they're dying. And they're mm-hmm. excreting waste. You get back to your pneumonia. There you go. It's a great explanation right there. So it's like, come on, like stop. Have you and I me? I know for me, other than a small cold I had, and and during I think it was in 2019 where my brother got sick, and then I got sick for a couple of days. I was better. This was before I started getting into all this. Once I started learning about terrain, I haven't got sick. I haven't got sick at all other than like I got a cold for staying in the rain for like hours because I was moving for a couple of days. But other than that, I haven't gotten sick at all. I don't wear my mask. I don't socially distance. I eat healthy. I work out and I don't get sick. Yeah. I haven't had this, even the sniffles. I mean, knock no. on wood. I haven't had the sniffles the whole, the entire <laughs> pandemic. Exactly. I know Alec, you didn't get sick. Rachel, I haven't gotten sick. All these people that we know haven't gotten sick. My dad, he said at the beginning, he lost his taste of smell, but he didn't get, my mom didn't get sick. My Mm. brother hasn't gotten sick at all. Like all these people that are close to me that keep track of their health have not gotten sick. The people who remain in fear have all gotten sick. The people who have gotten vaccinated, like my grandmother who almost died and who didn't tell us, we told her, please don't get this thing. Please, we know about this, do not get it. But of course, old heads, they're kind of stubborn. <clears throat> whatever yeah. she goes gets she almost dies almost like i believe it was lung failure almost oh she's god. fine now thank mm. god but like all these people that i know my 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 brother's roommate 20 year old loving the death love this guy he's a he's working in the pharmacy and of course they make it mandatory uh, or if, and if it's, if it's not mandatory they kind of gaslight you into getting it yeah. this dude perfectly healthy guy he's a vegetarian gets it loses his entire sensation in his back gets a gets a complete like huge red rash across his back on on the arm that he got the vaccine which is not a vaccine it's a gene therapy because it's not making you immune to anything it has a synthetic protein they made in the lab which i'm pretty sure is what they were doing in the lab and then if they have nanoparticles in it that send a signal to create the protein and nanoparticles are toxic. So you inject that and then he gets rashes. And to this day, he still, he doesn't feel the same in his back or his, and he's 20 years old. And what like, is his what? boss going to take care of him now? Exactly. Doubt, doubtful. Like who's going to, who's going to pay for a doctor? Bill? Yeah. If God forbid, these people start dropping like flies, who's going to take care of their families? Who's going to pay for that? No, nothing. Cause it's 1984. Care. They, yeah. Exactly. They're they're not liable since 1984. I think it's right. called the Buy Doll Act. They, yeah, they don't and it comes it come it comes out of our money now. The taxes pays for them. Yeah. The, the guys who made them, they're completely not held li- liable. So yeah, it's, it's insane. And nobody can you know I had I had John Singleton on my podcast and he he discussed the legalities of of everything which I mean everything is completely unlawful and by the way YouTube yeah. YouTube took that episode down within 24 hours so thanks <laughs> oh uh, thanks YouTube <laughs> thanks YouTube yeah um and they'll probably take this one down as well but that's okay oh, because uh, I'm on BitChute and Odyssey um, oh awesome perfect which is awesome yo 
Yeah, I love BitChute. I wish more people were on it. Um, so I completely expected you, you know, YouTube to censor everything anyway, but they're going to be watching as like, oh man, they're speaking too many facts. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But it's completely unlawful. Nobody can mandate a medical procedure. You know what I mean? Um, you can, you can, you know, ask them to take liability and see what they say. Yeah. But a lot of people don't, aren't bothering to do that. You know, my dad is in the middle of that because he, he's a legal secretary. He has mm. underlying health conditions. He works in Manhattan, but this entire time he's been, he's been working in his house in upstate. And it's been totally fine. He's been vibing with our with our new brother. He's one. He's there. My, my mom's there. They're happy. They're chilling. And now the, the company is expecting him to come back. And they want to make it mandatory for everyone to get the vaccine. Why does office work require you to go to the office? Like, this you is, can do this it is a, a lawyer's office? This is a lawyer's office. This is a law office. <laughs> So right now they're 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 working on something to try and like show he has underlying health issues. These are the studies. This is why we don't want to take it. Hopefully, I mean, I'll keep praying and keep helping him get information. But hopefully, we can do it. But I can that's hook you, I can hook you up with some paperwork if you need. But I oh, yeah. I find that astounding that a yeah. lawyer wouldn't know better. Which is it's so it's it's so ironic. It's ironic. we really we're really. really living in clown world, dude. It, I it's mean, another it's another universe. Yeah. Like, yeah, and and off of this is based off a virus that doesn't exist. A virus yeah. that doesn't exist. And have you talked about that? You've talked about the whole virus isolation. We've mentioned like it. I don't know if we've really gone in depth enough, but um, yeah, we've definitely mentioned it. Um, and that's another thing people just do not want to understand. Mm-mm. You know, and it's so easy. It's so easy when you when you explain it the right way because it's just like they have not taken the thing that they are saying causes disease and putting it by itself. If you want to prove <clears throat> causation for something, why would you would you mix it with a bunch of things or would you put it by itself and see yeah. if it made someone sick? Like so you said yesterday, you tweeted at that guy. You were like, if you want to isolate a prisoner. Are you going to take yeah. him and put him in a prison cell, or are you going to put four other prisoners with him? <laughs> right, like if you if I was a, if I was your warden in prison, I was like isolate this prisoner. Would you throw him in with two or three other guys, or would you put him in by yourself? That's what isolation means by yeah. by yourself, by itself, whatever. And what's really interesting is the old virology, which was from I think eighteen something to nineteen fifty two. They tried to do that. They took diseased tissue. They macerated it filtered it centrifuged it which is just spinning it out yeah. and then took these particles and gave them to animals they gave them to humans nothing ever happened nothing, nothing. and and the, the 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 structures that are like the lungs or the brains that they said were diseased they never could move the disease to other people but when they had healthy brain or healthy lung and then left it alone let it die the same particles formed so it was a product of the death of the organ that was causing these particles to be excreted. And they failed miserably. Mm-hmm. So this dude named John Enders comes along, who's a bacteriologist, who, who is aware of bacterial phages, which is the breakdown of a bacteria, which isn't pathogenic. It simply happens when a bacteria dies in a lab. It breaks down to, to uh, provide food to the environment and allows the bacteria to form and become stronger and survive. So he, he saw that, he was like, hmm, 
maybe I can make this happen with viruses because viruses fail to be proved to be uh, pathogenic. So he took this cell, monkey kidney cell. Yeah. He put measles sample, supposed, because measles doesn't exist. Look it up, guys. Stefan Lanka won the court case. Yep. Measles does not Google, exist. Google won't tell you that, though. They Google say won't tell you, you that, no. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he took this kid's fluid without any filtration or centrifugation. He put it on the cell culture. The cell culture did not deteriorate once or ever. It didn't get weak. Nothing. My wife just came in. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, so the cell didn't break down at all. So what did he do? He added antibiotics, which are anti-bio, anti-life. Right. They break down the cell. He then added food to the cell for it to eat up the food, like milk and bovine serum. And then he took the food away from the cell. So the cell is in this constant state of shock. It's eating and then it's not eating. And then it, it's given the sample of a bunch of genetic rotting gunk. And then it's chopped up with poisons. What do you think is going to happen to the cell? It's going to break down. And then they see this breakdown. They're like, see, that's SARS-CoV-2. That's measles. No, it's cell not. death, cytopathic effect, it's right? cytopathic effect. Yep. It's cell death. If it was the virus, the sample would have gotten the cell sick, but it never did. And that's what Enders did in a control. He, he didn't add the, the clinical sample. He right. just added the poisons. And he right. saw the same cytopathic effect. Yeah, and so then he wrote, wrote up the paper and he was like, by the way, guys, uh, I noticed this thing that you might want to check out. You know, keep an eye out yep. for this. It's happening without <laughs> and a sample. Like, nah, nah, nah. Give, him a, give him a Nobel Prize. This dude deserves it. So, <laughs> and they, he, that's what became the proof of viruses. Yep. There was no isolation. You, Our version of isolation is simply separate it and prove causation, which failed right. for hundreds of years. But they took the throw, throw them in with other prisoners model. Put them in the garbage. <laughs> and, and he also won a Nobel Prize for another experiment in the old field of virology. And this is what Lanka said. He put rotting polio brain yeah. on, 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 an, on, like an, on chicken fibroblast cells. And when the, when the chicken fibroblast cells started rotting, he was like, oh, man, the, the polio isn't uh, dependent on the same exact uh, structure. It can move to another cell. This is uh, viruses are not tissue specific. And he won the Nobel Prize. And his colleague saw this and said, I can make a polio vaccine with this. So he he literally took baby embryos. Yes, people, vaccines contain abortive fetal tissue. It's very well known. YouTube's going to love took, this. YouTube's gonna love it. Uh, they took he took embryonic cells or the babies, skinned them, took the muscles out, used them as the other type of cell, put polio disease brain into it. When he saw it break down, he then added chemicals to stop the breakdown. He used that as a vaccine, and he and he became rich. Enders was pissed off. So what did he do? He started doing the measles experiment. And then he said, we can develop a vaccine doing this. And that's what a live viral vaccine is. What we talked about before with the cell culture and the breakdown and the antibiotics, they, they get the filter, they, they, they get the liquid part, and they call it a live viral vaccine. Hmm. Enders founded that. 
because he was pissed off that his friend took his idea for making another vaccine. Right. It's all what, money. And what they call viruses are not alive anyway, so there's no such thing as a live virus. How can you kill something that's not dead? How right. can something how, how, not dead, not alive. How can something not alive make you sick? And putting diseased brain that was literally rotting, excreting yeah. poisons. Rotting Polio flesh. was caused by lead arsenic, Paris green, which was being sprayed on crops. Babies were getting it because DDT, because their mothers were eating the food. Babies were coming out like that. And they couldn't figure out why that was the case. If you're, if this brain is excreting the Paris green, that's not virus. That's poison affecting the other cells. Yeah. It doesn't prove anything. And that's what virology is. And yesterday, my, the, I spent the whole day arguing with virologists, and I kept asking them, what did Enders prove? What did his control experiment prove? Did yeah. they bother answering? No, because they can't. They can't. Because their, their entire career is based off that. They believe in the throw the prisoner in with other prisoners model. <laughs> they, they don't know exactly. basic, basic isolation. You know, that's yeah. the, and it, it's so fundamental, it's such a fundamental flaw, you know, but they don't, they do not want to accept that they, they were taught the wrong thing. Yeah. And it's, re it's and really funny because these people have like, you know, they've built careers on this. They got PhDs and they're, they're, they're the very first people to tell you that they have a PhD. Oh yeah. And they're educated that you don't have any sort of, uh, like gall talking about what they're experts of. <laughs> And, I, and I'm able to prove you wrong in a couple paragraphs. Yeah. Like, what does that tell you about your life? <laughs> Why do you have to resort to making fun of me or my family? Like, what does that do? It's circular reasoning. It's ad hominem because you're because your cognitive dissonance is like, oh my god, I'm wrong, but yeah. you can't accept it, so you just attack like that, me. Like that debunk the funk clown with who, to, who oh tried, to, god, tried to debunk Doctor Kaufman and Doctor Cowan uh, during a webinar, and he's still. You know, he thought he, he was so pompous and arrogant. He got, his, he got and, destroyed. Yeah, he got destroyed because he didn't understand what isolation meant at the end of the whole, you know, the whole thing. He just didn't understand what it meant. Which is funny because they, they understand, they, they always push, oh, yeah, you don't understand genomics. Yeah. You don't understand. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just able to say exactly what happened with the genomics. And Lanka created his own genome of a, of a variant of COVID-19. But we don't understand genomics at all. We're just able to make a variant. But they always put pull that out. Oh, you don't understand this. You don't understand the basic principles of what you believe. We do. Koch's postulates failed. Pasteur failed. Enders failed. Rivers failed. You know who didn't fail? Antoine Béchamp, who showed that bacteria weren't pathogenic. Rather, they were responding to different disease-causing agents and changed their structure and material based off the environment they were in. That's called mm -hmm. pleomorphism. Did he get the credit? Mm. No, he didn't. He didn't get anything. They, Pastor, they suppressed Pastor all got that it. stuff. They suppressed all that stuff. Yep. Craziness. Dude. Well, is, so, all right. Is there anything we didn't cover um, before we, <laughs> we wrap covered, this up? Yeah, we covered so much. And, and, man, I don't know. But that's hopefully that's digestible for people because I know that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot of information and the whole isolation thing. People still kind of. Yeah. Oh, something we didn't things. we didn't talk about. I don't know if you want to talk about, but VARES. VARES. 
Have you have you been keeping up with the Bears reporting? I mean, I yeah, I, a little bit. I mean, I'm not someone who's like on it every day because I'm just at this point. I'm just like, this is killing a lot of people. <laughs> just yeah. like it, it doesn't it's matter the, to me. It's depressing. It is. Yeah, depressing. it's like how, it doesn't matter to me how many at this point because I know it's a lot. I mean, I know there was another. There was a um, one system that was su- suppressed that uh, supposedly killed forty five thousand in three days. I don't know if that's been uh, confirmed or what. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like. Yeah, it's yeah, it's but, it's, but, it's tough because all of this is suppressed. They do delete a lot of the reports. Yeah, it is based off um, individual reporting, which I mean, they try to gaslight, but that sh- that should be even more credible because yeah. theirs itself, and for people who don't know what that is, it's the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. Yeah, and multiple studies have been done on this system that show only about one to 10% of all deaths and adverse events are reported. And the same goes true with the European system, which is the numbers there are ridiculous. And in America alone, you have like what, 12, 13,000 deaths, multiply that by 10 or 100, and the, the actual deaths are in between that. The adverse events are through the roof. And people just say, oh, that's not a, that's not a valid uh, system, uh, but, when in, in smallpox, when what, 50 people died of the vaccine, shut it down. No, was it swine? Swine flu had. Oh, sorry, not smallpox. Swine yeah. flu. Yes. Yeah. Swine flu. Yes. 50 it only it took 50 people to shut that show down. Yeah. And guess what? Uh, swine flu disappeared after that. <laughs> and if the vaccine didn't work, the fear monitoring for swine flu was over. Yeah. How come 13, 14, 15, 16,000 people isn't enough? What is it? that is in these vaccines, which are not vaccines, Hmm. that they want to be put into people. Why is graphene oxide in there? Why are there nanoparticles in there? Has anybody confirmed the graphene oxide thing? I mean... uh... I've seen multiple private labs doing studies on this. I'm waiting for like like a Cowan to really break it down or or something something like that. I know you can look up... You can look up yeah. studies that show that they have used graphene oxide in, in yeah. you know, other things. And like you said, it's, it becomes a conductor for for like millimeter waves and frequencies yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah, putting that at, into your body while exposed to 5G with yeah, a synthetic fields. poison protein, electromagnetic fields, a lot of carcinogens in there. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, yeah, any metals in your body is not going to be good. I even learned recently that, you know, um, a lot of tattoo ink has metals in yeah. it. And especially in particular red ink. If you're in like an MRI machine, like you're going to have some problems or you can even get cancer from it because it's, you know, the in your... It's just like it, the reason it stays under your skin is because they use this metal like mercury actually is used. Yeah. Um, and your body's going to try and detox that constantly. Yeah. And our bodies express in different ways. Yeah. And, and people like to call it disease when disease is simply the distance from being eased. That's what um, Ben Tapper said. It's, it's, a, it's a great point. Disease doesn't, doesn't exist the way we think it is. Our yeah. bodies are constantly adapting and trying to express and send signals to us to stop poisoning our bodies. Right. If I gave a, a ch- if I gave a child an apple with mercury, <laughs> aluminum, and aborted fetal tissue, would I be <laughs> the legal guardian of that child? No, right. I'd be in jail. Why is it okay for you to inject it into it? 
These people don't bother to look at, at the ingredients. I mean, it's crazy. Why wouldn't you? You know, you're getting something injected in you. Yeah. It's literally on the shot, too. It's on the insert. Like, you just, yeah. all you got to do is, like, oh, like, wrap it and just... There's there's such a blind trust in in like big pharma and doctors, you know, that that they feel that they don't have to look into this stuff. And I don't know why that is, but you know, I suggest it's, everybody it's, <laughs> the fluoride in the water. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. my my brother who's one, he's completely healthy, like super healthy. My parents didn't bother injecting him at all because they knew. They saw me. I had a bunch of respiratory failure. I had um, yellow fever. I had a bunch of stuff that happened to me, and that's why my lungs are jacked up now. And I can't. I can't wear a mask even if I wanted to. It's such a ridiculous. It's a ridiculous concept when you think about it. I mean, why? Why would we be de- biologically dependent on like pumping toxins or like adjuvants or any you know flesh yeah. into our bodies? It just doesn't doesn't make sense it doesn't make you, sense when you finally de- de- kind of decipher it you know we're just brought up every, to believe that we need these things exactly and when every disease has been shown to have the causation being a change in environment or uh introduction of a poison yeah and then when we stop using that poison and we yeah. make sure our bodies are healthy eating healthy our air is healthy our water is healthy the disease is gone Right. And then they start <laughs> instituting the vaccine at the very end of it, and they take it. They take credit for it. Yeah, look at polio, like we mentioned. Yeah, that's it. It's the case. All, all, pretty much all illness is like toxemia at the end of the day, yeah. right? And they like ex- with, with it the expresses expresses in different <laughs> ways. Yeah, the cell cultures get sick because of poison and starvation. Right. What is the number one cause of sickness? Poisoning and the starvation. Right. Does it's very it's very sensical. People just need to open their eyes and see. Right. Why did the germs not cause disease? Why do we need to add the metals into it? Why is my brother completely healthy? He's licking leaves, jumping in mud, drinking hose water. He's fine. He's vibing. He's yeah, healthy. I, I mean, we came from from cavemen in women as far as i know right i mean what were they doing you know they were they were running around in loincloths and and you know <laughs> eating dirt Barefoot. or whatever i you know i'm pretty sure they made it okay without, without vaccines they were fine they were completely fine i want to i, I want to meet people from back in the day and see how healthy they were and compare it to people now well, I mean, they say animals in the wild don't have any of these things, right? Because they eat, they you know, like elephants eat elephant food and, and yeah. they're good. You know, they don't. And when you put them in a zoo, they develop tumors. Right. Of course. They don't develop any of these things in nature. You feed them glyphosate. What happens? <laughs> glyphosate. That's another thing we <laughs> can go into. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, I mean, there's so, see, there's so many things. You live in New York. You see the, you see the count shells every day, right? Yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what they're spraying in the air, but this, yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff to. It's definitely something and something. Yeah, it was on the Vatican coin. I think it was like, it was a commemorative Vatican coin, and then at the top of that coin, there's a plane that's spraying chemtrails, and I was like, this can't be real. This has to be fabricated. And I looked it up, and it's real. <laughs> and I was wow. like, okay. Did you see and... the new UK money? It has like, I they yeah. this is what they claim. I don't know. It it looks like it's a five G tower. With like these, you know, like Wi-Fi waves coming out, and there and there's literally a, like a COVID particle on yes. on the dollar. I have to look that up. I want to see that. I mean, you know, you're not making it. 
hard for conspiracy theorists if you believe no. we're all crazy or whatever like stop giving us this material <laughs> yeah. and then when you look at the, our american dollar what do you see the pyramid with the eyes the all you see novus ordum right. <laughs> or new order like come on it's <laughs> right. right there <laughs> it's right there in plain sight the, but... the freedom tower is called one world tower one world order like one world trade center that's what it's called oh the oculus God. is the train station oculus all seeing eye like that's true. I never even thought about that. It's everywhere. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for your time and time. I mean, we could do another one of these sometimes. I think we have enough information. But, yeah, um, we have a lot of information to go on another two but, uh, or three episodes. I'm gonna, if it's okay with you, I'll post your um, your Google document in the caption of the video. Oh, yeah, I got and, you. Yeah, and for anybody watching this, uh, please subscribe to BitChute or Odyssey. And, um, you know, check out my episodes on there um, at a light on. And, um, yeah, because YouTube will not allow us to have a voice for very long. So uh, thank you, Mr. Jacob Diaz. I really appreciate your time. It was really fun. All right, man. Take care. Take care.